our, that during that worship, man, uh, I mean, did anybody feel God during that? I mean, like, you know, the speaking in tongues and, like, the fire and, like, Holy Spirit come. And it was just like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Like, Jesus, I want to get saved again, Lord. Amen. Um, so, uh, amen. With that being said, let's just all bow our heads and close our eyes. Just take a moment to invite the Holy Spirit in this place. God, we thank you for what you're doing, Lord. God, we put our attention on you, Lord. We know that you're here. We know that you're moving. God, we know that you're speaking to us, God, even during the worship, Lord. God, you're so excited to be here, God. You're so excited to be here with us tonight, Lord God. Lord, if we're not excited, you're excited, Lord God. You're excited for what's going to happen tonight, Lord God, and for what you're going to do, Lord. So I just ask you, God, that our hearts would be open, Lord God, to what you're speaking, God, to what you're going to do. And uh, Lord, Holy Spirit, have your way, God. Move, touch us in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, before I get into my sermon here, my message, whatever, um, we had a back-to-school bash outreach on the, uh, in the west side this past Saturday. And I, if, you, if you were there, uh, specifically the youth, if you were there, you helped out, you uh, did some of the evangelism, I want you to raise your hand really quick if you were there at the back-to-school outreach this past Saturday. And then I see some hands going up. Corey, you were not there. Put your hand down, please. Thank you. Amen. All right. Um, with the, keep, keep your hands raised. I'm going to actually pick three of you guys. Um, Josh will be one of them. I love you, Josh. Get up here. Uh, Josie, you can come up. And <laughs> Anthony, my man. Nah? Lala. Yo. Amen. There we go. So Josh. Josh. Amen. So these three awesome young people, they were there serving at the back-to-school bash. God was moving. It was amazing. For those of you who don't know, we went down there, we evangelized the community, we were passing out flyers, we were going door to door, just praying for the families in the community, it was awesome, Delaney was there too, hey, <laughs> and uh, some of the other people, so uh, just uh, Josie, Josh, Lala, just a few, uh, just a minute or so, just share what God did, maybe a testimony that you have, and what you saw, and, and what was special about that. Okay, um, well... For the first half, I was with the evangelism team, and we were knocking on door, um, door to door. And what I saw basically was a very needed community of Jesus. You know, they're lost, and they're done, they're sinful. We were going out there and preaching um, the good news of Jesus Christ to them and showing how Jesus can give them life. That sounds pretty good to me. Amen. Woo, that's my sister. All right, Josh. Under a minute. Okay. <laughs> they give you like five stars. You five stars at the top. Nah. Uh, it was uh, it was uh, powerful. Uh, I live around that community, uh, but I never like uh, went out to reach you know to anybody. Uh, uh, but it was an uh, amazing thing to do. Um, uh, God definitely moved, and he uh, speak. He spoke to a couple of people. Um, and uh, uh, it was it was powerful, you know. Uh, I had I got the opportunity to be with uh, Pastor Joe, <laughs> my brother. <laughs> I love I love what you're doing, my brother. <laughs> no, but he was uh, he was amazing. Um, uh, I got to see um, you know uh, you know uh, the fact that he went to SUM and he did everything. Um, so it, it was a, uh, you know, he, 
spoke differently than you know uh, most people, uh, but he spoke with the power of God, and uh, you know he spoke wisdom, and uh, you know that's something I want you know I want to do to, to sound like one day, you know. That's my brother in Christ. Um, well, I kind of agree with Josie since we were in the same evangelism team. Um, we were doing evangelism like the whole time. Um, but what I saw was like a very broken community. I could tell like a lot of people were like doing what they were doing because they they grew, grew up in like a broken home. Um, and I could tell just like some people just like didn't want to hear it. And then some people actually stopped and... Um, listen to what uh, we were saying, and um, it was it was good. It was nice. Amen. Praise God. Now you guys might be saying to yourself, why are they on the mic talking about evangelizing and sharing the gospel? That just doesn't make sense. Well, it does make sense, first of all, but it ties in a little bit what I'm talking about. See, they could have been home watching TV. They could have been home on a Saturday morning just chilling, hanging out with friends. They could have been I don't know, doing a, a goofy Snapchat of themselves with the doggy filter. I don't know. They could have been doing a bunch of different random stuff, but they chose to be out there on the streets, evangelizing, preaching the gospel, right? Because there was a lost community, people who were hurting, people who were dying without Jesus, people who were hurt in pain, depression, suicide, drug addiction, whatever. I mean, the devil was just wreaking havoc on that neighborhood, clearly, right? And these awesome young people chose to be out there and answer the call of God. They chose to respond to the need. Instead of just sitting back comfortably, doing whatever they wanted to do, hanging out and just chilling, just taking it easy, st staying in their comfort zone, they, they, they took a step out of that and decided to be where God was wanting them to be that day. Amen. So, if we can all turn to Matthew chapter 4. It's going to tie into with what I'm saying. You guys are going to see in a moment. Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to be talking about being responsive to God's call. Being responsive to the voice of God. Being responsive. When God calls you to do something. When God tells you to go here. When God says, do this, do that. Don't do this, don't do that. How responsive are you? How long does it take you to respond? Now, this isn't just for the serial killer, the rapist, the, you know, just crazy nut job that might be in this place. If you are in this place, get saved. Amen. But it's not just for that person. Because there's believers and disciples and people who claim to be Christians that don't respond to God. They're unresponsive to Jesus. They're unresponsive to his voice. God tells them to evangelize to their neighbor. God says, reach out to this person, and they don't do it. God says, drop everything, pursue this career, go into Bible college, pursue this business, whatever, and instead of following God's voice and his command and responding to that, they do their own thing. They're unresponsive. God's knocking on the door of their heart, trying to communicate something to them, yet they're unresponsive, ignoring Jesus, ignoring what he's telling them to do. Now, they might be saved. They might have answered the call to salvation, but in certain areas of their life, they're still unresponsive to the Lord. So there's two types of people that I'm going to be touching on tonight. The first person, type of person, whatever, is what we're going to find here in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. It's obviously on the screen. I'm going to read it from my Bible. It's a little bit different as far as the translation goes, but Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20, it says, Now as Jesus was walking 
by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen, right? Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He was walking around. He was, you know, uh, doing this thing. He saw two brothers. One of them was Simon. One of them was Andrew. And what were they doing? According to the text, they were what? They were fishing. They were casting their net into the sea. They were in the middle of their daily routine. They're in the middle of doing their profession, their job. They were, you could compare this to somebody at a McDonald's counter, you know, making the fries or something. They were in the middle of their job. They were doing their work. They were casting their net into the lake. Now, this is important. I want you guys to catch this. They were in the middle of what they were doing. Do we all understand that here? <laughs> yes. They were in the middle of what they were doing. I mean, it was just the guys, they're, they're fishing. They're casting the nets. They're, they're going through this whole process, right? We understand that. Okay, so... In the middle of what they were doing, in the middle of their job, in the middle of their profession, in the middle of, you know, going fishing, looking for fish, for food, to provide for their family, gain income, all of that good stuff. In the middle of all that, all of a sudden, Jesus shows up onto the scene. He just walks on over there, and in verse 19, he sees the two brothers. They're doing what they're doing. They're fishing. They're, they're, they're having fun. They're, they're doing their job. Amen. Cool. And he says, hey, guys. Simon, Andrew, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Right? Random people, just, just fishing, just, just doing their job, their everyday routine. They're, they're just doing, they're going through. It's like just day after day, it's the same thing. They're fishing. They're in the middle of that. Their minds are occupied by that. They're probably in the zone, right? I'm going to catch the biggest fish today, whatever. I don't know what they were thinking about. They were in the middle of their job. All of a sudden, a stranger walks by. A stranger, complete stranger. These people, Simon, Andrew, they probably did not know that much about Jesus. Even if they knew a little bit about Jesus, they definitely didn't know him personally, that's for sure. They never met Jesus before. Jesus was a pretty much a foreign figure to them up to this point. A stranger, Jesus, right? Stranger, stranger danger. Stranger walks by, calls out to these people, follow me, and you're going to fish for people now. Now, if you were to go down the street in this Reese Park neighborhood, if you were to go downtown, or if you were to go to, uh, you know, Portage Park, Jefferson Park, I don't know, wherever you guys live, and you would just go approach a random stranger, first of all, in Chicago, we don't even respond to people. Like, you know, I could be dying, you know, like having an asthma attack or whatever, and I could be trying to get somebody's attention, and, and like, they'll just walk by, like, forget you, like, die, <laughs> like, boom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People in Chicago don't respond. People in this city are very just in their zone. They're doing what they're doing. They're on their way, whatever. Especially if you go downtown, it's crazy. Um, I remember I was in a parking lot at Walmart. My car died. I was, I needed to jump for my battery, right? Very simple. Very, I just need to jump for my car. And I went through, I cycled through like 10 different people, all of them giving me the most bogus excuse as to why they can't jump my car. I mean, like, I saw cables in your car, and you're going to tell me you don't have cables. What are you talking about? Like, don't give me that nonsense. So people in Chicago, 